This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Now and Not Yet. Pressing in when you're waiting, wanting, and restless for more. Written and narrated by best-selling author Ruth Cho Simons and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Welcome back to the Build a Better Us podcast. The president of Build a Better Us, B.J. Thompson, and licensed therapist John J.P. Parker are about to discuss spiritual, relational, and personal development from a refreshing perspective. Be sure to stay tuned to the end to find out how you can become a part of the BBU Nation. But for now, we hope you enjoyed this conversation with BJ and JP. Hello, everybody. I'm John Parker. And this is BJ Thompson. And this is the Build a Better Us podcast. Today, you know, sometimes we're generous. Um, BJ's more generous than I am very often because, you know, he's just bred that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and we gave y'all free game, as we usually do, about confidence. Definition of confidence, what it means to carry yourself, to be, to be one that has their head up high and not looking down as they walk. You know, just that, that, that type of thing. You know, feeling yourself if you need to. So we're just coming back again with confidence, definition, part two. We just want you to understand you should have that swag and you should have that sauce and you should be dripping and whatever else. What's, you know, is there a cool term now? Is it just juice? Yeah. Is it back to juice? No, like, swag. Drip. Swag, drip. 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 Got that drip. I so got we, that drip. We're trying to give you that confidence drip. Yeah, rock with us this episode. BJ, what you talking about? Yeah, no, I think knowing that there's so many, um, I can't even barely get the words out. <laughs> I'm so confident <laughs> about it. Um, <laughs> recognizing there's so many reasons why, you know, as the old folks would say, get the the wind knocked out your sail, right? And anybody can say that they're confident, but, you know, it really only takes a pandemic, a couple of circumstances to knock the wind out your sail. Uh, and, and it make you take a step back and you realize, hey, maybe I'm not as confident as I thought. And so what we want to do in this episode is we want to talk about how to use your failures as a way of growing in confidence. And I think it's important for our audience so that your confidence is built in this firm and a sturdy place and is not necessarily just built on a condition. So hope that makes sense. Open us up, JP. Give us an opening illustration about somebody who... Got the wind knocked out they sell. So, yeah. Yeah, so, man, um, basketball is easy for me to go to because basketball is life um, for some people. I'm more of a runner nowadays. I like to jog a little bit. So there's a character, character, a person, a human being, a young man <laughs> named Derek Rose. <laughs> uh, fixed, a fixed person. Go ahead. I was, go ahead. I was about to go on to talk about comic books, man. Uh, that's what I've been on. Um, so, anime character. Go right, ahead. right. There is a real-life person, a human being, Named Derrick Rose. Uh, at one point in time, he was like the rookie of the year, all-star player, leading the league in this, that, and the other thing. But then his body just broke down on him. Knees, <laughs> yep, yep. Knees. <laughs> I'm sure that's what his knees did. They made those noises as he was attempting to play basketball. Uh, his body just failed him, right? And so he went from being that guy to everybody feeling like Chicago was about to win the championship with him at the helm to getting bounced around and traded to several different themes. I think he went from Chicago to New York to, he might have went from New York to Minnesota, from Minnesota to Detroit. So, you know, you just, you, you would think the guy was washed, right? According to, you know, how you get bounced around. He, uh, on the other hand, had different ideas. I think because of his past successes, although his body was failing him, although he couldn't get his knees right, although the surgeries weren't keeping him, 
he kept the confidence that he could still could go, that he still had it in him, right? So uh, last season, two seasons ago, the dude drops 51 on grown men. Jeez. Like 51. Jeez. He just dropped 51. Easy. He made it look easy. I'm just getting to the basket when I want to, just hitting shots I want to hit. And you could see it was like this comeback success story. In his mind, he never left. He just couldn't do what he needed to do. His body couldn't go the way he wanted it to go. But despite all those circumstances of like literally, I mean, just imagine you'd be at the top of any field you're in, whether like maybe you're a singer and then your throat goes out. You know what I'm saying? And you get this cancer scare or something like that. And you're like, I'll never sing again. And then you remember like, oh, shoot, no, I got these, I got vocals. And then you put the vocals out there. Whoa, you're back to making platinum records. You know what I'm saying? So it's whatever industry you find yourself in, just imagine being at the pinnacle of that, losing it all and having to scrape your way back up to a place where even people just respect your ability and then and then surpassing expectations. And I think that's the, the crux of what we're talking about today when it comes to confidence de- definition or just having confidence is relying on your past failures your past mistakes, or even something that was outside of your, you know, like what, like what could Derek do about his knees breaking down? It wasn't nothing he could do, maybe wear knee pads, whatever, but it was just a genetics thing potentially. And so even the fact that he wasn't able to physically do the things that he wanted to do or, or used to be able to do, he was able to rehab, will himself back to the place he wanted to be, to, 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 to use his past success to fuel him um, for the destiny that he felt he had in, in the NBA. Good, bro. That's, a, that's great. That's a great connecting and opening illustration. Oh, were you excited? Um, okay, thank you for that self-confidence. Yeah, I was. I mean, yeah, I, I'm listening. I'm like, oh, this is good. This, this is a, a great opener. So, you know, I'm just got to give some some support, man. I appreciate you know, that. I, Sound like you was nervous. Like I didn't, like you didn't know where I was going or you didn't think yeah, I had it in me. I wasn't. I didn't know, but I, but you did go out. You still did well. So I got confidence in you, right? So, uh, <laughs> this, let's just talk about confidence um, deflations. And, you know, one of the things I, I think about with my confidence deflation or a time when I had a confidence deflator, uh, I was, I won't say what institution I was working for, but I was working for an institution. Scary. Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> but I was doing it because I just needed a job. And, you know, I had come off the heels of being, you know, a speaker and thinker and traveling the world. And, you know, I found myself in a situation, JP, where I was like, man, I got to pay this mortgage. I just need to get a job so that I can provide for myself. And so kind of settled into this job and I knew something was wrong um, because I kept getting, hearing about the financial aspects of the business were not right. And I was like, you know what? That's kind of a warning sign, right? Some some Bernie Madoff kind of stuff, right? You're like, <laughs> uh, that's kind of a warning sign. Mm-hmm. And so one day uh, I come into work and they hold a surprise meeting and surprise, you know, they're letting go half of us, um, in the next two weeks, and they're going to close shop. And, you know, you can imagine someone with all of this, like my confidence was on high when I was traveling the world and when I was doing all these different things. And, you know, then I end up having to settle for this job. And I, you know, was in this place where I need to settle for this job. And JP, they closed down in the middle of the job itself. And so, yeah, so I found myself you know, having to file for unemployment and just going through all these things. And, you know, and I thought about it, you know, I think about it consistently. That moment knocked the wind out of my cell. Mm. I kind of find myself, you know, all the things that I thought was were true about me, like awesome Derrick Rose kind of stuff. Um, I had to question now, right? And I wasn't just questioning it, you know, just from a potential perspective. And I was, I was questioning it while, you know, sitting in the unemployment line and trying to figure out 
how I was going to provide for my family, right? And so in a lot of ways, that almost knocked the wind out of my cell, that loss, that layoff, that that thing. Now, again, it was like on some Derrick Rose type stuff, right? It wasn't like I try, I had done anything wrong. It was just that life had came and it really did. It, it humbled me and showed me that, you know, circumstances can come and, and they can change the way you think about yourself. And so, yeah, that that's my moment of confidence deflation. So, JP, how about yourself? Um... It was you know, a confident, deflated moment in your life. Go ahead. Everything's amazing for me, man. So I don't really know, you know, <laughs> uh, it's just how I live. No, but I, I can give you, I probably have told this story before, but I think it, it correlates into the two of how I had a confidence deflating moment, but it was a defining moment. And then it led to me having, you know, just being that guy. So uh, without giving it away before I tell the actual story, uh, do you remember the time he telling you I went on his like double, triple date um, in like junior high and everything was rolling. We was having a good time. We was at the little, uh, what's the thing called? Malibu Fun Center. Oh, the uh, girl? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the girl tells me at the end of the day, man, you're cute and I like you and everything is good, but you're just too short. Too short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember short, that. Too short. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, cool. Well, you know, for a little bit, it kind of threw me off. I was like, dang, bro, I can't do nothing about that. Like I, every, I did everything right. You know what I'm saying? I opened the doors. You know, I gave her I gave her a few tokens. You know what I'm saying? Gave her some tickets so she can get something. You know what I'm saying? Buy a little trinket. You know what I mean? And everything was right. You know? And I I, I did everything. I didn't even go in for the kiss. I, you know, I was just trying to be cool about the situation. But she she chopped me at the knees. I was already short enough, but she hit me with the, yeah, but. And so from that moment, I said, all right, you know what? With this thing, I, I, can, I can't do anything about my my stature, you know, at that point in time, as far as my my height is concerned. But what it helped me realize is that, you know what, this life is always about may the best man win, especially when it comes to, you know, dating, right? And it's just like, man, as long as I continue to develop my craft, you know what I'm saying? As long as I put in those 5,000 hours, you know what I mean? So I can become a, a, a what is it, profe- not a professional, what is it, the, the outliers? Uh, to become an expert, to become an expert in my field. I, I put in the 5,000 hours, even to the point where when I was, before I even officially started dating my wife, I would take her to, you know, different events where other guys were there, people that were my friends, some dudes weren't my friends, and I would just let them shoot their shot. You know what I'm saying? They would just shoot. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You would do what to your wife? What? I said before we started dating, sir, I didn't say anything about my wife. I said before we started dating, we would go hang out with people. You know what I'm saying? Go hang out, go to the, you know, to a football game or, you know. Oh, this is before you would start dating. I don't even know. How many times can I say it? Before we started dating. I'm trying to, listen, it's your wife now. I just want to make sure. This man was like, you took your wife to do what? Bro, like, catch up, bro. Go ahead, go ahead. Pandemic got you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, carry on, carry on. All right. Oh, get off me. I'm trying to figure out why you were so strongly confused. Hey, hey, I just want to make sure I'm hearing it right. Go ahead. So you said before you start dating, you would take her out. Yeah, we just go places to hang out with mutual friends. You know what I'm saying? We go to the bowling alley, go, you know, hang out, go to somebody's house or whatever the case may be because she needed a ride and she wanted to hang out. You know what I'm saying? It's like, all right, well, let's go kick it. And so I'm not, you know, the type of dude that gets jealous or whatever the case may be, but I'm like, yo, like, you know, I'm trying to holler. And if somebody else is trying to holler, may the best man win. Because at the end of the day, like, game recognized game, and I got it uh, as far as I'm concerned. So then um, you could just see dudes getting shot down. You could just see him, you know, trying or whatever, whatever, whatever. And I think at this time, I don't think she was particularly like saying like, like, yo, because I came with this dude, I can't talk to nobody else. Because we like literally it was just like friends like, hey, I'm picking up a friend to go hang out with some more friends or whatever. But for me, 
it was one just kind of watching her and, and, get, and seeing how she can engages with dudes or whatever the case may be. But then also it was one of those things where I was like, bro, like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what any of these dudes say because I got this. You know what I'm saying? And I learned from that thing. It's like, yo, if I do the right thing, say the right thing, make the right moves, position myself the proper way because of the fact that I, I mean, again, I couldn't do anything about me being short, but the fact that I was like, okay, on one level, I have the confidence to know that I have, I have the ability. I got the game. But the height just has to come a little later. And so being a grown man in my height is fully, I got as many inches as I was going to get at this point in time. I'm a grown man. That's all I got. Um, and so it just led me to the fact that I was like, you know what? Hey, I don't have to be in this situation where I bring her with me. I'm all, you know, got her all into my arm. I got a handcuff her. I got to let dudes know that I'm trying to holler. It's like, nah, bro, like the, the work ethic will speak for itself. Um, and, and I literally could see dude after dude play themselves. And it was just, it became funny to me. And I was like, all right, let's go. And so, I, you know, that gave me the confidence to move forward, to proceed, to ask her out, to, you know, get engaged, get married, and all the other stuff. And so, you know, that's just good. how these things work for me. Good, good. Put it to the test. Yeah, you got to put it to the test. We got to see how you're going to act in real life. You know, we're going <laughs> to see how you act around friends before we make you wifey. Uh, I, I, love, I love what you're saying about this is the failures, man. It's, it's the failures that we have. And, you know, you know, long story short, even to, to what happened to me in this incident, JP, I turned a lot of that momentum and that failure into success. And part of the reason why I'm, you know, successful now is because of those things. I find confidence in it, right? And so I think even as we talk about this circumstantially, many of us are only confident based off of circumstances, um, we went to the right school or our family had this thing or we we felt like we were this in a certain season of life. We were an athlete or we were pretty or we were tall or we were whatever. And our confidence is built on that thing, on that metric until we move into a new world and that changes. And now that don't mean nothing anymore. And now our confidence is gone. And so I'd love to just hear, especially for this generation of older and younger adults living uh, mid-pandemic, what do you see in terms of just confidence? Why are we struggling with confidence? I mean, I would have said a long time ago, yo, yeah, our generation is confident. Now I'm like, mm, we're, we're not confident. There's not a lot of confidence. Why do you think we end up as a generation, older and younger, not necessarily living in a sense of confidence? So what are some ways, what are some reasons? Uh, well, I mean, we talked about it before. Currently, the fear of failure, you know, people can't take L's. People are shy about, you know, their feelings and they do their best to kind of preserve their feelings. And so they only go for the short thing. Right. And so when you have a life of just going for the short thing, you don't you can't deal with diversity. Um, you can't deal with uh, rejection. You can't adversity. Or adverse, ad, ad, either way, yeah, adversity is probably better than diversity. Yeah. Diverse trials and tribulations, but adversity as well. Thank you uh, for correcting me. <laughs> I'm sure you're happy to do that. You don't get to do it often. Uh, I so, am. I am. I know. am. Go ahead. You got me. Um, so they don't know how to <laughs> do it. You're, you're, you're <laughs> let me ask you something. Let me ask you something while we correct you. Ask. Ask. Uh, uh, ask. Ask. Um, anyway, that's an inside, yeah. uh, people Thanks. of color joke, I suppose. Um, so then, um, <laughs> basically just the, the ability to deal with all these things that happen that could, that could deter your confidence or minimize your confidence. People just avoid it. That's just, you know, and so I don't even know if that's generational. I just know it's now it's, it's the thing. Um, that's why you swipe right, swipe left, because you don't have to put in the work. You don't have to put in the game. You just see somebody, you shoot your shot, kind of by hitting a button saying, I, I want to talk to you more. Right. 
And so as that translates to real life, like people are just timid. They're afraid and they're shy. And so you meet one level of um, adversity and then you don't know what to do. Um, and so it's not a mama mentality for those of you that are familiar with Kobe Bryant. Um, it, it's more of a passive like, hey, I'm going to pass the ball and maybe if I get the ball back, I'll try to shoot my shot as opposed to like, no, I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to get into this lane. I'm going to draw contact. I'm going to get the foul and I'm going to go through the free throws and I'm going to do it again. And so I think, you know, if you don't have that mentality in life, if you don't have that mentality in entrepreneurship, if you don't have that mentality in relationships, you're going to come up short. And I just think that, you know, we don't we don't do enough, bro. I mean, bro, like anybody that I talk to that's old enough to remember not getting a participation trophy has the same gripe. It's like, bro, that has set things up. I have a client now who's like, yo, you know, in this world now, a young guy, and he's like, he can't handle not succeeding on the on the on on the field or not being the best or not being whatever because he was catered to all his life because he was a, a beast of a player but because somebody put some fire under him or tell him he ain't the best or don't stroke his ego now he don't know what to do you know what i'm saying because yeah. he's used to that you know and so yeah same thing with adversity man once it happens you don't know what to do yeah that's a great thing i think one of the, the things that i see beyond just kind of we talk about this in a microwave generation um in one of the episodes i think something that i see I don't know how to say this. This is going to be uh, politically correct and incorrect. Uh, let me just, well, let me do this. Full stop. Um, if you're listening to this episode and you are really enjoying it, would you just pause for three seconds, um, hit that subscribe button and hit that share button and send this episode to five people who would also enjoy this episode um, so that they can check out the Build a Better Us podcast. Okay. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So, whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. This is going to be a little politically incorrect, okay? I am... I'm not a huge kind of personal responsibility person, okay? I believe that people have personal responsibility, but I'm very, I'm very aware that there are systems that have created a lot of challenges. I think one of the reasons why we lack confidence is because we are quick to own the victim mindset, right? Let me tell you what I, what I mean by that. So let's just say you grew up in a certain type of community, in a certain type of background, and you know all the ins and outs of, you know, I was abused, my mom did this, my father did this, uh, my, you know, my grandparent did this, this was done. And instead of acknowledging it and dealing with it and using it to your advantage, um, it becomes your excuse. 
And then in a lot of ways, you start believing that you can never because you have not um, before. And I think that what I'm realizing now in it is the victim mindset, this thing that people owe you or this belief system that, you know, this is not going to get better or this is only somebody else's fault. I think it is severely crippling human beings from growth and overcoming, right? Because again, that means that even trying is not enough because again, you know, you're just a victim to a system. And I want to say this just to be responsible. What I'm not advocating is that things have not happened to you. Uh, I'm not advocating that they have not severely and deeply impacted us in meaningful ways that create grave challenges. What I am saying though, is that I think the thing that I notice about the confidence of this generation is we not only try to acknowledge um, these systems or our pain from past and systems or what, whatever, it, I mean, whatever it may be, we then begin to give ourselves a crutch as to why we cannot make practical, everyday informed decisions that would begin to create meaningful change in life. Let me give an example of what I mean, okay? So there are places called food deserts. You've heard of a food desert before, right, Jimmy? Yep, I've lived in a food desert. Same. Me too. Growing up, growing up in a corner store community, there's, you know, there was a store, but the corner store is where everyone ate. And, you know, when you start talking about people getting healthy, we'll say, oh, well, you know, some people don't have access to fresh food. And, and JP, there, there is a, there's truth to that, right? Mm-hmm. There is a truth to this. Well, when you start talking about the fact that people need to have a growing immunity because of health, then you say, well, I guess we can't do anything because we don't have access. And because we don't have access, now we, we prove that, hey, these systems have to change in order for us to be healthy. Now, here's the thing. In one regard, those systems do need to change, and it has to be a change. But in another regard, you as an individual have the ability to make a decision. And and this is what I I share with somebody. I said, if you think it's just about access to this because of these communities, and if you're in this community, you don't have access, I said, what would you say about the Nation of Islam? The Nation of Islam live in these same communities, but yet they have learned, they have taught people Again, both the personal responsibility and the systemic reality so that they can create change in their life, right? And what I, what I share with them was this, and I, and I think this is it for our generation. We're just too quick to give up based off of things that's happened to us instead of using those things as a motivation to make a new decision within the scope of our power. And so what I would say for me is one of the ways we lose confidence is we just give up. Um, we blame somebody else. And there's there's things that we can be doing, but instead of us going through the process and making one decision at a time that will make ourselves better, we just stop and we say that nothing can come of it because this system is wrong, this happened in history, these particular things. And now we just own this victim narrative as, as opposed to recognizing that things have occurred. So I don't know if that makes sense. I'm not trying to be callous or bad cop, but I do want to say to me, that is what I see, is that we don't believe we have any type of choice, um, even, even though we may have somewhat of a choice. So what do you think about that, that JP? Even just this victim mindset that you ain't never going to get up. You're not going to be able to make any decisions moving forward. What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely crippling. It's definitely debilitating. Um, you can't expect to change the outcome of things or change your direction or change your life if the idea is that you're stuck or if that you have an idea that you're owed or if you feel entitled, like that, it doesn't work that way. And I, I will say that, yeah, that is part of, however it's become part of our um, modern culture, there is a level of entitlement that has happened that has crept into society that it I see even on levels that's beyond socioeconomic. You know what I mean? It's just it's just an American, American culture. I guess we've been privileged for so long that people want to do, I won't even say want to do, people have an expectation that somebody else should be doing something for them. Right, or they don't have to put in the work, or if times are hard, if they come from bad circumstances, that somebody should couldn't save them. Um, and I think that's part of the the tragedy that is America, where you have one side where people say, "Pull yourself up by the bootstraps," and the other side is, uh, "Well, you had it so rough, man. Let me come, you know, come do, you know, come take care of you, swoop you off your feet, make your life better, give you this, give you that." And so, you know, I don't know, but I think that. When you live in a situation where somebody's always giving, I've seen it on many continents and many countries. You get used to people giving, and it makes it very difficult to actually do the work yourself. That's um, right. Yeah, and when when it hits the fan, pandemic hit. When the when pandemic, pandemic hit, hit. You, you see, right. you're, you know, you, you're stuck because you don't have nothing to do. You don't have nowhere to go. You don't have no confidence. You don't have, you know, you don't see your way out of that situation because you've been used to stuff being given to you or have the expectation that somebody should come give you something. Yep. You have not exercised decision-making on a smaller level that would give you confidence at a larger level. I'll say it again. When you don't exercise decision-making on a smaller level, you're not going to be able to have confidence to make those same decisions on a larger level. And I think this is why the victim mindset has to be challenged again. Though both can be true at the same time. This is why you can't believe binaries. You can have both systems and, and incidents of past that have harmed you, and you can also have personal responsibility to make new decisions, right? And until you do that, until you own that, you will just be a victim to whatever people have done and whatever has occurred. And so, I, again, I, this is one of the great challenges that I see in coaching and as these conversations go around and can people help you know, change, transform their health? They can. They both, there are issues that happen in our system along with, bro, you can start changing your diet. Right. 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 You don't have to pick up pork rinds. You don't have to eat, you know, steroid antibiotic chicken. You can eat fresh vegetables. Right. And, 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 and again, but you need to be around people that help you see that you are not, you do not have to make the decision. So just pivoting a little bit more into what we can do. To build confidence out of failure, um, I'll just open up with this. You know, one of the ways that you can build confidence out of failure is recognize when you have overcome adversity from the past. I love that you said that adversity, you know, can change you. It's like, you know, once I left out of that room, JP, and they told us they were all letting us go, I made up in my mind I would never be done like that again, that I would own my talents, I would own my gifts. You won't be able to just send me in a room and tell me it's over. I, I'll be the boss, right? This is why I'm a CEO of Build a Better Us. Um, and this is why we're doing so well in business is because I decided that day that no man, no woman, no institution will get to decide my future ever again, right? And so I think one thing that you can do to build confidence is, is in at adversity, you start keeping a, a record and say, man, when I was down, 
you know, in this situation, maybe it was in school or maybe it was in work or maybe it was in this relational piece. I overcame in these ways and you begin to create milestones and say, this was a mark of my health and my ability to overcome. Um, so that when you get to new situations and new seasons, you're not starting from scratch. You've already had a track record that says, yeah, this may be a new thing. This is something I've never done before. But look, I have these 20 things in the past that I've overcome. Therefore, I can build confidence based off of what I've actually done before, not necessarily trying to muster up the courage um, to create change in this new situation. So that's one way that I would say practically you can begin to build confidence out of failure. JP, what are some ways that our audience can build confidence in failure? Yeah, um, not taking it personal, man. Like we fail, something happens, we get all in our feelings, and it's like we're two all over again throwing tantrums. Like you can't be an adult and do adulting successfully without understanding that failure is a part of progress. Um, now, if you're failing because you've done something foolish and then you don't correct those mistakes, then that's on you. But if you fail for trying, you fail for trying to be better, you fail for trying to do something different, that's, that's, that's how that works. That's what it's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. If everything happened the first time you tried to do it, there'd be no adversity and everything would be easy. And when you really get met with difficulties, you definitely wouldn't have it built up. So you use those failures to fuel you, man. You use those failures to find out about yourself, to assess the people around you. Like, bro, if I, if I say we're, you know, we're friends and you're like, oh, yeah, everything's all good. And then next week, oh, yeah, I'm getting a divorce. Or actually, I got a divorce. You're like, bro, wait, 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 wait. What just happened? I guess I didn't know you. <laughs> wait a minute. What's going on? I need to reevaluate our friendship. I need to reevaluate what we got going on. And the same thing with life. You got people around you that are seeing you fail or don't even know you're failing. Either it's because you're pride and you want to let people know what's going on, or they just don't love you like they say you do. You have to reevaluate that's what's going on around you, the people around you, what you're doing, the moves you make. Um, and I just, you know, it's a book that I'm going to write. It's just the art of failing well. You have to fail well. Um, it's one thing just to take L, but it's another thing to like just be foolish in your approach. Yeah. And you got a lot of stories, man. You was at that doc selling them books with that rental car. So the people are in for a treat. Um, uh, <laughs> what, all right. what, what I'm going to refrain, refrain from returning the favor. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can give me next episode. What, what, I, what I wanted to just close with, JP, you bring up a really good point. You know, sometimes, man, we are surrounding ourselves with people who are not falling forward. I think one of the ways that you build confidence is you surround yourself with people who fall forward. What, what do I mean when I say that? People who are also taking losses and turning them into lessons, um, not losses and turning them into excuses. I, I think that we find a lot of individuals who love to be in the same place that we were when we first started. And look, it was cool when we were all in the same position and nothing was growing and we just kind of griped about what was wrong. Um, JP, uh, I, I can't be around people like that anymore. If you're not willing to put in the work to do something different, and we still talk about the same issue in the same way, with the same type of complaint, with no type of progress, I need to change circles. I need to become a new person or I need to change circles. And I think what you're saying is so pivotal, man, is that you know, even in this podcast, even in what we do, it's had to change. I've had to grow. You've had to grow. And we've had to become more confident. And then again, it rubs off on each other, right? You, you see that bad company does corrupt good morals, but the same is true for good company. 
good company will promote good morals. It'll promote those things. And so I think practically surrounding yourself only with people, not um, winners. I don't know. I don't want to say that, but don't surround yourself with losers. Don't surround yourself with people who are okay with the victim narrative and okay with the decisions that they can make, um, not making them and okay with, you know, seeing failures and not getting better. Surround yourself with people who want to get better. So that's my practical thing as we close out. Um, JP, for those who are listening and they are struggling and they're saying, man, this is a lot. I, I don't even know where to begin to process that. Where, where, where can they go to get some help? What can people go to just even begin to start this journey of growing in confidence? Yeah, there's a website. The name of it is buildabetterus.com. Um, you go to get involved. There's a place where they have life coaches. You know, you check out a life coach. You say, man, coach, help me get my life. Help me build that confidence. Let me get my swagger back, as your friend uh, Jay-Z would say. It hurt me even to say that out of my mouth. I just don't even like saying that name. But anyway, <laughs> that's another story for another day. Um, get you a life coach and they get you that game you need. You get your life right. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and again, our qualified trained professionals uh, are eager to meet with you. We'd love to do the, the initial consultation, which is free. Um, you can find C. John Rohr there, uh, myself there, along with a, lot of, a few other qualified coaches um, who'll be eager to help walk with you um, because our goal is to help you become a better you so that we can become a better us thank you for tuning in to the build a better us podcast don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on itunes soundcloud or wherever podcasts are played you too can become a part of the bbu nation today by continuing these discussions on social media be sure to go like our facebook page Follow us on Twitter at Build a Better Us and on Instagram at BBU Social. To keep up with other exciting events and resources, visit our website at buildabetterus.com. On behalf of the entire BBU team, we'll see you next time on the Build a Better Us podcast. This episode was brought to you in part by The Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.